Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Good morning, happy Wednesday, and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett, the CEO and founder at Wildman Web Solutions. We are a digital agency here in Lawrence, Kansas, and we host this live stream every Wednesday, streaming live to our Facebook channel and YouTube, or Facebook page and YouTube channel, uh, soon hopefully going out to other social platforms uh, to answer your questions about technology, marketing, business and anything else you want to ask us about. This is an open Q&A. We started doing it a couple of months ago, um, or I guess about a year ago at this point, when the uh, pandemic hit. Uh, we were getting a lot of questions about businesses getting online for the first time or looking to leverage their online presence a little bit more to grow, uh, pivot, or change their business. Um, so we started doing this live stream to answer your questions about anything and everything that we could. We are doing this as a resource to um, anyone who finds this helpful. So if you find our information useful, or if you know someone that could, um, that would think that this is useful or could uh, grow off of this, uh, or might have some questions to ask us, please give us a like, share, uh, follow, depending on what social media platform you're on here. And I do apologize. We started a live stream just a couple of minutes ago, and then it ended unexpectedly for some reason. So hopefully we're, uh, my stalling enough uh, here at the beginning has been enough to allow people to get over from the old one to the new one here. So I do apologize for that. But uh, it wouldn't be a good COVID show without a little bit of technology challenges, technical issues to kick us off. But now that we're here, if you guys have any questions, please throw those in the comments below and we'll address those live on the show. Or if you're catching this uh, later, you're not watching this live, you can still involve yourself in the conversation. You can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com um, and we will get to your questions next week, next Wednesday at 11. We're doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11. All right, I think that's enough stalling on my behalf. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and bring my partner Mike in here. This is not a hologram you are experiencing. Uh, how are you, Miles? Good morning to you. I'm doing good. I'm now looking forward to the hologram live streaming that I'm sure is coming <laughs> here in 2021. Yeah, we're we're going to rig that up pretty soon. I have seen some pretty cool uh, new virtual event software pro cropping up here and there. So I'm, I don't know which direction it's going to take, but I've seen a lot of options. I'm, I'm curious to see. Uh, which one is going to take the cake, which one's going to get popular. But if nothing else, I'm happy that we have this venue for uh, talking to our audience, if nothing else. Exactly. It's getting me through these cold, lonely mornings, Miles. Glad to be here with you. Uh, you Speaking of holograms, <laughs> you know, uh, that's what was uh, in the Super Bowl. They had old, uh, old Mr. Lombardi up there in a hologram. I don't know if you... If you caught any of that, yeah, did you yeah. did you watch the Super Bowl, Miles? I know we talked a little bit about I this did. on Monday. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the biggest sports well, guy in the world, but of course I watched the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm glad you put yourself put yourself through that. Uh it was it was a little bit of a torture. I'll admit that. It wasn't a very good game from uh from any standpoint. I think even the Tampa Bay fans maybe wanted a more competitive game than that, but uh there was some interesting commercials, you know, that came out from it. So, and that and the usage of the hologram and uh, Mr. Lombardi was certainly interesting as well. So that's what made me, so made me think about the hologram this morning, Miles. I think we all would have wished for a, a slightly different game, if not a different outcome, at least. Um, yeah, like you said, a little bit more competitive game. Uh, but if nothing else we can take away from this, I mean, we are a digital marketing agency. So of course we're all watching the ads. I know that you are watching very intently. Um, and, uh, I believe that you, you dove a little bit deeper into those ads than probably the average person. So what was your like, feedback or what's your feedback on all the ads? Yeah. I like to have a little fun with it, Miles. And I keep score at home. I have a little grade card that I keep and I just, I give everybody, you know, A through F. Um, I, I thought, you know, I was, I, I was pleasantly surprised this year. I thought it was going to be, 
Uh, I mean, it was a tough year, I think, to make a Super Bowl ad just after the year that that America uh, had endured. But, uh, you know, there wasn't any that that blew me away completely. I didn't give any A pluses out, uh, but I only gave out one D. So, you know, there there was I felt like there was a lot of stuff that was kind of middle of the pack, middle of the road. A lot of people just kind of playing it safe. Uh, but there were some good ones out there. Uh, we put a post up about this yesterday on our socials. We'd love to hear what other people thought were good, uh, good ads. But uh, I thought the uh, Amazon Alexa one was really strong. Uh, it was memorable. It was funny. Uh, I thought the Tide commercial with Jason Alexander um, bringing back his character, George Costanza from Seinfeld, was another one that, you know, it talked exactly about what the product was you know, did and what it was about for the consumer, but it also was funny and left you like with a endearing image that you could recall later on, you know, which is kind of that, that formula that I think is, is ripe for a really good Super Bowl ad. It's like, you have to be a little edgy. You have to be a little bit, you know, over the top entertainment wise, uh, because of people expect, but some people take that way too far and they lose all connectivity to what their brand means, what their product or service means, you know, for their end consumer. Uh, but uh, I thought Indeed uh, was a great one. Uh, it was a very, very simple ad. And, you know, it just, but it really kind of tugged on the heartstrings of people who have been going through uh, job loss or just job insecurity and explained exactly what Indeed does for those people. Uh, so I thought that was another good one. Uh, GM, I thought was good. You know, it was a nice blend of, again, uh, product value and entertainment. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of good ones out there, Miles. I think that for me personally, the one that I actually maybe broke through uh, for me and just, you know, in my, where I am in my, in my customer journey with those products was uh, Tracker Boats. And I didn't give them an A because I thought it was a little, you know, maybe I was being a little biased. I give them an A minus. But, uh, you know, as a fisherman and actually someone who's in the market to buy a new boat, hopefully this summer, uh, that one really caught my eye. It resonated with me. I actually went to their website and I've now moved from awareness into consideration where their competitor is a little bit more expensive. was like, you know, it's still my first choice. Uh, but I was kind of like, oh, yeah, Tracker. Uh, I need to check out what they're offering right now. And so that was the one that really... I guess, personally resonated with me as a consumer. But uh, those other ones that I previously mentioned, in the Doritos one, I'll throw that one in there, uh, I thought from a marketing standpoint were, were just uh, the best overall. But did you, what did you think, Miles? Yeah, I didn't go nearly as in-depth in, in those <laughs> things. But, um, I mean, you bring up an interesting one there with the tracker uh, in that, you know, maybe it wasn't the best advertisement in the world and it's it, it wouldn't be the top of your list as far as rankings here. But... Ultimately, an ad is a good ad if it works, and it sounds like it worked in this particular 100%. circumstance. Uh, I mean, ultimately, that's what we're all going for here. We're going to throw out a lot of different strategies, a lot of different technologies and ideas and you know, creative stuff when we're talking about marketing in general. But ultimately, we're looking for sales. And so if the thing works, then it works. 100%. Um, yeah, as far as the specifics, again, I didn't go nearly as in-depth as our resident ad man here. Um, there were definitely ones that I liked and ones that I, I, I didn't. Um, in general, I guess what kind of irks me about advertising in general, but specifically the Super Bowl ads, is kind of what you brought up there. Um, they kind of they tend to uh, dive too deep into the... Um, the theatrical elements of everything, trying to make something entertaining, trying to make it stand out, and they just forget entirely about their product. Um, and so the ones that I, I really dislike are the ones that are, you know, they might as well have just been stock footage. They didn't have to shoot anything for this. There's just, here's a someone dancing, and here's a cute baby, and then we're going to show our logo at the end. It had nothing to do with the brand, had nothing to do with the product. They weren't delivering any kind of message or anything. And having that marriage between... Uh, a, a powerful message, entertaining theater, and the actual product or service, I think is what really delivers a winner. So that brings me to, I guess, what would be my my winner of the day here, I think, is Toyota. Um, their, their ad, which hit the um, 
it kind of hit all three of those things where they weren't even marketing their um, their product specifically. There was no cars anywhere. They were just bringing up something good that they do or something that they think is is valuable about their brand, which is their partnership with the Olympics. And then on top of that, they produced something that was really entertaining to watch. It looked like a, a movie trailer. Um, it was highly produced, looked just visually amazing. Um, and then it told a wonderful story, uh, one that you mm -hmm. you kind of were invested in from the minute that commercial turned on all the way to the very end there where they just kind of tossed in that final little subtle message of, oh, hey, by the way, Toyota. Uh, but it was able to kind of hit all three of those boxes for me. Yeah, that was good. That was a really good one. I believe I gave that one an A minus. Um, and, and it was a really good usage of storytelling. And I think a good lesson for everybody out there uh, when they're thinking about how to construct their own ads is that, you know, when you are telling uh, your story, your brand story, uh, it, you know, it, we, sometimes we fall into this trap of telling it only from our perspective. And, you know, we're, we're just kind of saying I, I, I over and over again. And uh, it, it's, it's really good to do what Toyota did is tell your story through a third party story. And so, you know, you're indirectly talking about yourself, but you're doing it in a way that is showing what you do, you know, with others or for others uh, or about others instead of just being completely self-centric, which I think is a, uh, a trap that people fall into. Uh, and then, I, you know, and then your other point about the sales is exactly correct. You know, the, you know, the real winners of the Super Bowl, so to speak, uh, ad, ad wise won't be determined until, you know, second and third quarter when we see what were the sales numbers uh, of these brands after they made that, you know, large investment. Uh, and, and one that I'm, I'm really curious to see, uh, and I maybe even should have given this a higher grade think, thinking back on it now, I think I gave it a B plus, but that was the Oatly commercial, Miles. <laughs> I don't know if you, you remember that. Uh, yeah, what was that? So, so that was, <laughs> I thought it was a really good ad, but I'll tell you why, you know, first of all, you know, it was a brand I never heard of, obviously not a mega giant fortune 500 company that everybody knows that has, uh, you know, extended ad budget to spend on this thing. They probably, I don't, I don't know. They probably spent all, <laughs> you know, if not a really good sum of their yearly ad budget on that one ad. And I liked how they didn't hire any, uh, celebrities, you know, they didn't have any production costs, literally a hundred percent of that ad budget was going to the message that they wanted to get across. And that was basically that they, uh, you know, they have a drink that doesn't use cows, you know, it's, it doesn't have any lactose in it. It uses oats and it tastes just as good and it's just as healthy for you. And so they had their CEO do the ad. He was just sitting at a little keyboard and doing this stupid song, basically where he repeated that message over and over again. But I think that's one, you know, you laughed and you remembered it. I think that's one that somebody will remember. And if they see uh, another Oatly ad or they see the product themselves, they're going to go, oh, yeah, uh, I do remember that message. And so that, that's a good example, I think, of one where uh, they went the opposite way. They didn't get too cute with it. And they really just honed in on what their message was, probably, you know, because they were hampered in by budget. But sometimes that's the best way to go about it. And I, I'm going to be really curious to see. Uh, what their sales look like for the year, you know, come uh, late third quarter and into fourth quarter uh, after that spot. So I, I agree. And I've got I've got two additions to make there because I actually thought of you end of this show when I saw that commercial specifically because you brought up this point a couple of times of uh, was it shocking the Barocca is what you had said, uh, mm -hmm. referring to the Barocca area of the brain, which is the language center and how we process language. Um, the the key there, and correct me if I'm wrong here when you bring it up, is to say that if you can show something out of the ordinary, something unexpected, especially right up front, you pull someone out of the sort of autopilot that you're going through, especially if we're, we're talking about watching TV, we're scrolling through social media, people kind of tend to zone out and more passively pay attention to things um, instead of actively look into something. Um, and they really succeeded in doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. that, was, that was weird. That was super weird. Just a dude <laughs> in a field with a keyboard singing awfully about a product no one knew about. Like that's not at all what I would expect to see um, in the Super Bowl. Uh, so they they had that kind of shock value there. Um, and then also the secondary uh, message is that you know 
there is no bad publicity. Even bad publicity can be good publicity. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've been seeing on social media and just sort of all over the internet, people mocking this dude for making a weird commercial and singing awfully in the middle of a field. But it's been getting more traction than any other ad that I've seen anyway, more references post Super Bowl than any other ad that I saw specifically because it was weird because it was you know low production value because yeah. it stood out because it was because it was kind of bad and that might end up working in their favor i think you're absolutely right wells yeah uh definitely if people are talking about you even if it's not in the most positive sense nine times out of ten it's going to end up being a good idea especially if your 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 key objective here which i'm sure what oatley's key objective here was just awareness because nobody knew who the flip they were before that that spot ran and so yeah even even if people are making fun of you if they're talking about you and your end goal is awareness that's not a bad thing uh you know for, for the most part and uh yeah and you, you know and another thing about that too is because this, this actually reminds me of something that came up with a client the other day is they were concerned that you know, a few people had had, you know, done a laugh emoji uh, on, on an ad that was out there, you know, of them. And, you know, I, I think I think it's fair to say that nobody or, or no entity, no business, you know, ever achieves a level of success without having people laugh at them and probably even hate them. Uh, you know, and Grant Cardone has a great saying about, you know, his haters, his haters basically pay his bills. Um, because they bring him more attention. And, you know, as we talked about many, many times on this show, attention is the first step in the, in the, in the long journey to success. Uh, if people don't know who you are, they're not even going to get to the point whether they're considering to do business with you or not, or whether or not they like you, you know, you have to first be on the radar. And, and so, you know, and, and the other part just about, you know, laugh emojis on, Facebook is just there's so many miserable people out there <laughs> on the internet that you can't you can't make noise and not expect some of that to happen. Uh, but you know it it says a thousand times more about them and where they are in their life than it does about you, your brand, or what you're saying. You know somebody takes time out of their day uh, to leave you a bad comment or even a negative review or or a laugh emoji on on your stuff. Well. You know, that's really just saying what a, in a god awful place uh, they're in uh, personally and probably professionally. And, you know, we should probably sh show empathy uh, towards those people and not and not take it as a reflection of what we're doing. Um, but, you know, but yeah, Miles, that's just a, a, a good way to uh, back up your point of saying that, yeah, in, if people are talking about you, uh, even if they're making a little bit of fun of you, uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing nine times out of ten. So great point there. Yeah, attention is the currency of the world. So of course we have to take into account, you know, you mentioned a bad review in there. Um, and when we do get that kind of feedback, you know, don't just brush it off. Of course we have to react to that. Uh, but publicity is publicity, attention is attention. Um, and if you can do something to stand out a little bit, even if uh, it's a little bit weird, then that that could be a winning strategy as, as Oatly here has um, demonstrated. And speaking of working, I might be uh, checking that out as we are uh, pretty much a, a dairy-free household over here and been pretty much sticking to the nut-based stuff and maybe uh, maybe we need to be looking at some other alternatives. There you go. Uh, but should we get into <laughs> some, some technical stuff about uh, how to help small businesses out there? I think we've had enough fun with the, with the Super Bowl. I had more fun actually on this discussion than I did the whole four hours of watching the actual game. So. Yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. Well, I want to take a second and, and just reset real quick um, as I see a couple of new viewers popping in here. Um, so we were having a little bit of fun with the Super Bowl, but this is a Q&A. We're here to answer your questions. So if you have any questions, please follow in the lead of Mr. Jeff Fry here, who's been commenting below. Good morning, Jeff, by the way. Um, and uh, throw your questions in the comments, or if you're catching this later, you're not watching us live, please email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com, and we'll address them next week on the show. Morning, Jeff. Yep, he's asked a, a question here. Uh, which hurt more, the Chiefs or the boss selling out his first ad ever? <laughs> well, I know, I know Jeff is a huge boss fan. Uh, so, you know, to me, the Super Bowl... 
was was a much bigger uh, punch in the gut. You know, when when you only have one player show up out of your you know sixty player roster uh, for the biggest game of the year, that was uh, that was definitely a kick in the you, you know what. But I, I will tell you, I know I know I know the boss has taken some some negative feedback uh, from that. But you know, but also go back to our discussion about. Uh, just, you know, when people talk about you, it's going to be interesting to see if his album sales or his downloads uh, go up uh, as this publicity hits. But overall, I thought that was a really good ad. I'm pretty sure that was one of the ones I gave a solid A to. Uh, I, I thought it was a good ad. I thought it it tied into uh, the image and the branding of Jeep perfectly while, you know, while also kind of taking a leap and 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 trying to uh to make more one of the more serious ads out there uh for sure uh of, of that super bowl run so yeah that that uh, that was uh he did get some backlash i saw that which was interesting i'm, I'm gonna yeah, we're talking about the that, jeep yeah the, with uh yeah. bruce bruce springsteen yeah. yeah yeah i think my my only criticism of that ad was his presence in it it seemed to make no sense there was no additional value <laughs> from him given there the entire point of that ad was to bring things to the center talking about a church in kansas this is supposed to be the everyman driving around in his rugged jeep and then we put a celebrity cameo in there like that is the last yeah. place i would want to see uh a celebrity cameo at all let alone him like, <laughs> it just doesn't it was so oddly placed everything else there was cool <laughs> all right so like i said follow in jeff's uh follow jeff's lead here and throw your questions in the comments below we will feature them here on screen and try to answer them to the best of our ability uh we're primarily a digital marketing company so please ask about technology or business marketing advertising design uh we'll, we'll do the best we can um, or if you want to throw anything else in there uh, we don't pretend to be an expert on it but we'll we'll do our best all right moving on are we going to talk about kpis what's the, what's next on the on the list sir miles well i did want to do a little bit of a follow-up from last week uh last week we did a live drawing for our website giveaway mm -hmm. uh so i just wanted to touch on that uh there in the last couple of weeks we've been running a website giveaway campaign um we have been talking about how valuable these tools are to small businesses, especially in 2021, not only because of the pandemic, but just because, you know, that's where business is going um, and how important it is to have things like a good website. And there's so many small businesses out there struggling. Um, you know, we we are a small business as well, and we can't do uh, maybe as much as we would like to help out, but we could at least do something for one small local business um, and, and give them a fresh new website. So we decided to do that and we drew on uh, live on air last Wednesday, our winners in KB painting here in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, so they're a painting company here, interior, exterior painting, interior design, uh, the works. They're really an awesome company and I'm looking forward to working with them and getting them an awesome new website uh, to hopefully launch them into 2021. I just wanted to recap that, let everyone know that we did that uh, here and that, um, you know, to keep an eye out for some awesome new stuff coming from our winners at KB Painting. 100%. Congratulations. So now, yeah, let's let's move on. We've got a couple of subjects here that we're going to go on. But if you guys know anything about what we're talking about, you want to jump in the conversation, please throw your questions in the comments below and we'll address them as they come. But yeah, I think we had a, a couple of points on KPI, Mike, that you wanted to hit. Yeah, so we've been getting some questions um, from 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 clients and prospective clients, and and really this is a subject that I think we've talked at least once about on the show, but we should probably be revisiting almost once a quarter uh, because it's such it's such a crucial point or point and and part of running a small business. And what KPI stands for, if, if you're not if you don't know, are key performance indicators. And so basically, what we're talking about here is how we can track success in our business, how we can track uh, things like return on investment, return on ad spend, and, and really have you know, objective standards for how we're measuring, how we're doing in our marketing and advertising, and how we're doing in sales overall. And I think, Miles, a larger piece of this conversation that needs to be had too um, are just you know, ways that people can, can plug uh, holes in their funnel. You know, we talk about the buying funnel, their sales funnel. 
a lot on this show. Uh, it's a critical part of any kind of a business. And, and the problem, though, is that a lot of small businesses, you know, as we found from working with them over the years, is instead of having a sales funnel or a buying funnel, they kind of have a, a sales um, colander. And, you know, and so instead of being, you know, a straight down motion, uh, it's, it's round and it has holes in it and they lose a lot of leads. Sometimes they lose just as many leads as they're bringing in and they kind of tread water and they get into this point where they can't grow and then they try different, you know, advertising and, and that doesn't necessarily work. And then they try, okay, well, let's do more advertising and that doesn't work either. And they're left stuck uh, and, and sometimes just wondering, you know, well, that maybe there's maybe this doesn't work for me or there's not an option out there that can work for me. And a lot of times what happens is we when we come in, we discover, oh, well, yeah, you could have tweaked your messaging. You could have done a little bit better with these ads, but you were already bringing in people that were interested. You just didn't have a way to move them down through your sales funnel properly. Uh, and, and so, you know, that, and that's obviously step one, you know, before we spend more money trying to get people on the top of the funnel, let's take care of these people who are already in our funnel and make sure that we're properly, uh, working them down through it and not losing them or, or getting them stuck in the top of the funnel. Uh, and so, you know, some examples of this, uh, we that we find that we've mentioned before on the show, uh, you know, our, our front desks, uh, at, at, you know, um, you know, I'm just going to use an example off the top of my head, um, uh, you know, an insurance agency or a doctor's office or, you know, anywhere where basically leads are coming through that front desk. That is usually the first place that we find holes in the funnel. And one of the things that we put into place is call tracking. Uh, so where, you know, when somebody calls that front desk, we know exactly where that call came from. We know exactly who it is that's calling and we rec actually record the conversations that are happening. And so we can go back and listen to them and we can, you know, sometimes go in there and, and, and train uh, the people who are doing the front desk or at least let the owners and the managers know that there's a problem there. And you'd be absolutely shocked how many times people are, are calling that front desk. They're wanting to do business or at least wanting to find out more information to do business with that company and the front desk literally turns them away. You know, um, it, it happens far more than, than, than I think most businesses realize if they aren't doing that due diligence of tracking the calls, recording the calls and listening back to the calls, uh, and then working with their team in order to, uh, to make sure that those problems are solved. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's the first thing that you want to audit inside your business. Uh, the second thing that we really want to get into are, are these KPIs. And I'm going to go through just a couple of, of top line KPIs that I think every single business uh, either needs to have a handle on or needs to be putting systems in place in order to get a handle on it. Uh, and then, you know, of course, if there's questions in here, um, please, please stop, stop me, throw them up. Miles, let me know if there's questions because I can't really see when the questions pop up. I'll be up. watching. Okay. And, uh, and then, you know, th this, this, this is some really, really deep, stuff. And so I'm, I'm going to try to go a little bit wide with it here, but I encourage everybody to Google these terms, learn more about them. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to put out some more content on our website and our, uh, in our resources page about these things as well. Uh, but the first one we want to get into is LTV or lifetime value of a customer. And we've talked about this on the show before. You'll probably hear us make reference to it uh, quite a bit. But this is basically figuring out what is a customer worth to you. And when we first sit down with a client and we start to figure out their business and how it operates, this is one of the very first questions that we usually ask because it's such an important thing. And I guess I'm not surprised anymore, but, uh, you know, I used to be surprised at the amount of people who did not know what the answer to this question is, even successful businesses that have been around a long time. Uh, and so it's really, really an important thing. And in the, the way that we calculate this is first, we have to know a couple metrics before we can even get to this metric. And so the two metrics that we really have to understand first, and that I want you to start tracking today in your business, if you aren't currently are the average order, which is exactly what it sounds like when somebody makes a purchase, what is the average amount of money that that purchase is for? 
and then the average customer rate. And that is the number of times that a single unique customer will do business with my business. Okay. So if I have a SaaS product that is on a monthly reoccurring revenue, then, and I'm just going to use easy math and my, uh, my average order is a hundred dollars a month. And, and they're on there, like I said, every single year I charge, or excuse me, every single month I charge them a hundred dollars and they're going to be, I'm going to take that times 12. And then let's just say that this is a SaaS product for college students. And, and so the, the average uh, lifespan is going to be uh, four years, right? So I'm going to take $100 times 12, and then I'm going to take that times four, and I'm going to have an average life or LTV value of, what is that, Miles, $4,800? $4,800, right? And so if I can figure out those two numbers, what is my average order, what is my average rate, I can then multiply that to figure out what is my LTV, what's my lifetime value of the customer. And the reason this is so important is because you have to understand before you can even start talking about marketing and advertising and what you're going to spend, you have to understand what is a customer worth to you. Because if I know that my, my LTV is four to $800, I can then work backwards and I can figure out, okay, what should be my cost of acquisition, which is the number two big idea that we have to figure out after lifetime value. What is a reasonable amount of money for me to spend in order to get a new customer? And it's going to be different for different types of industries. It's also, you know, it's, it's going to be different for uh, different rates of return that you have in terms of your margins uh, in, in, in your net versus your gross. But on average, most companies want about a three to one return. And so if I'm using that $4,800 example again, you know, then I can back out of that and I can figure out, okay, what is a good amount of money for me to spend on a monthly yearly basis in order to hit my goals and how many new customers do I need in order to hit those goals? Um, the Domino's franchise, the Domino's company, which, which is a franchise company, they tell their franchisees, and I believe this is still true, this may be old data, but at least, at least a, a few years ago they were telling their franchisees that the LTV was $4,000. If they can get a new Domino's customer, on average, that is gonna be a $4,000 uh, net gain to that franchisee owner. And so then that franchisee owner can do, can again, reverse engineer the math and say, okay, well, if I'm spending about eight or 800 to 12, maybe 1500 at most, in order to get that customer, I'm doing pretty good. If I'm doing way more than that, if I'm spending two, three grand to get that customer, my advertising is not working for me, right? I'm not getting a good ROI. If I'm getting way more than that, you know, if I'm spending $200 to get a, a customer, I'm probably leaving money on the table. And if I increase my ad spend, I could probably get a bigger share uh, overall of the market and increase, you know, my franchise overall. And so, you know, in order to have those conversations, you first have to know your numbers. And it's such a critical part of every business, no matter if you're just starting out or if you've been in business a long time, if you're one person, if you're a thousand people, you really, really have to get a handle on this stuff. And I know it's hard, especially for startups and small businesses to get a handle on this. What you need to do is you need to have uh, conservative projections that are going to hit your goals and then you need to put tracking in place and, and a lot of times miles can speak to this more you know a lot of times this is about setting up automation and, and setting up um, customer relation management and and through your point of sale system and ways like that that you can track all this stuff so you don't have an accounting nightmare but yeah uh, you know if you're just starting out and you don't know this stuff put the metrics in place to track it and then have a projection and then make sure that you're you're, you're aligning with your projections and you're, and you're constantly uh, revising those projections as you get more real data coming into the business. Uh, but, you know, for example, in our business at Wildman Web Solutions, we spend right now on our marketing budget about a third of what our, our average lifetime value is for a customer. And so if we need, if we spend, or excuse me, if we get one new customer, from our marketing efforts over the course of a month, this is on a monthly basis, then we're doing great. Okay, we're hitting that three to one.
we may want to increase that a little bit more because we're, we're planning on growing more this year than we did last year. But right now, you know, we're still getting referrals. We're still getting, uh, you know, people just coming in that, that know us in the community or have, you know, seen us or, or you know, we're reaching out and networking. And so we're not relying 100% on our marketing and advertising to bring in those new clients. And so those are other factors that you also have to take into account. When you sit down, you try to work out, okay, what's a good rate of return for the money that I'm spending is how much am I actually meeting this marketing budget? And, you know, and is, if all of a sudden we decided, man, we're, we just hired two new people, I need four new clients a month uh, in order to, uh, you know, to hit our goals. And those need to come off of advertising and marketing because we've expanded, you know, what we can bring in through other channels then okay then i need i can go in and i can have a mathematical formula to plug into my marketing budget and say okay i need to increase it by this much in order to get that much on the other end and again you're always balancing out this data that you're getting back in real time because you know that the, the, the feedback from the market and the data you get back in real time is what is going to actually make these projections and these goals become real uh, over the course of your journey of growing your business and and then i think the you know the last thing miles that i'll i'll throw in here uh and then i want to hear your thoughts on this discussion uh are you know there's also the the discussion here which i was actually i was just having with one of our clients um on monday and that is how much of your marketing and advertising do you really need to be devoted to leads and sales and how much are you devoting to to branding uh, and, and that's really a question of how much money do you need in the door now and how much are you investing for the future? And, and that's just needs to be an honest, frank, dis, you know, discussion with, with your business internally and whoever you're, you're using, uh, that's helping you grow your business. Uh, you know, in, in this particular client right now, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing gangbusters, you know, they're, they're growing like crazy. They're booked out with projects through November. And it's like, you know, they don't need sales and leads today. They, they can't even handle the ones that they're getting in, which is a whole other discussion, you know? So our, so what we're doing is we're pivoting to branding. We're, we're pivoting to build that brand for the future for two, three, four years down the road to when they continue to grow and they have, you know, three times the size of the employees they do now, that they are going to be able to then turn back on the sales which is what we've been doing the previous 18 months again to this point in order to get, you know, bring in that new market share and really take full advantage of it. And so that also has to be a part of this overall discussion. And, you know, I, I, I'd be happy to get into specifics with a certain brand or a certain company, but, you know, I have to speak in kind of general platitudes because it's so dependent on each individual company of what is the best strategy for you, how much you should you devote uh, to brand and how much should you devote to sales and marketing, uh, and, and how that figures into your LTV and your CAC and your, uh, your, your KPIs in general. Um, and, and then the, you know, then the last thing I'll throw in here, miles, you know, uh, the other, the other kind of, you know, real factor and, and a factor that I think a lot of people need to spend a whole bunch of time on, uh, especially right now in this economy is how can I grow my current customer base? How can I get, uh, more reoccurring orders from those customers and how can I retain those customers longer? And that also needs to be a, a really big point of, of discussion. You know, it's not, sometimes we get over-focused on bringing in new customers that we forget that a part of our budget and a, and, a, and a large part of our attention should be focused on nurturing the customers that we already have in the bottom and the middle of our funnel. Awesome. Well, I, I have a couple of additional points to throw in there. First of all, KPIs, key performance indicators, that's um, an awesome thing to be looking at, but it can be a little bit daunting, especially right up there up front. Uh, you were talking about knowing your numbers. It's super important to know your numbers, um, but I think I'll, I'll apply a little bit more weight into one thing you kind of just mentioned in there, which helps to get people to that step, which is where I think a lot of people uh, get tripped up. It's not that, you know, we can't do that basic calculation to figure out the lifetime value of a customer. It's that, you know, we just, we don't know what those numbers are. We don't know how to get to the point where we can find those numbers in the first place. Um, and so you mentioned having a CRM, 
um, or having some basic marketing automation. Um, I feel like I say this every show and I, I need to move <laughs> away from this or, or come up with shorthand or something, but we need to be tracking things. We need to be measuring things. Um, and, and you can't do that manually unless you have a very small business. You only have a handful of clients um, at a time, then, you know, you're going to, you're not going to be able to track all of that manually. You're not going to know who's interacting with your business and what their value is. I mean, even us, we're not a, a giant business over here. We can't handle infinite clients. And still, if I were trying to track all of this and all of our clients and exactly what they're paying us and what that value is, I, I wouldn't come close to being able to calculate a lifetime value or an average lifetime value of any of our clients without some help. So, um, find a tool that works for you. There's a hundred of them out there. We've mentioned a couple on this show, if you want to go back, but you're going to need some sort of CRM. That's just for managing all of your different contacts, all of your customers. It's a, it's a, it's a database that usually comes with some other marketing tools, um, that just has your customer's name, their basic information, whatever contact info you have for them. Um, and hopefully is tied to, uh, some sort of, of financial data, uh, what they've bought, what they put in, um, what's your, your, your revenue versus profit, what your margin is on, on all of those um, sales that you've made with them. Um, and it just compiles all that data and then puts it in a way that is searchable, sortable, organizable, provides reports for you, um, and, and really gets you to a place where you can start to put together the calculations that Mike is talking about here so that you can know your numbers and you can understand what sort of performance indicators you need to be looking for, what's working, and what needs some more attention. So I'm just going to put a little bit more weight on that metrics, analytics. You've got to be measuring this stuff, no matter what you're doing from social media marketing to email campaigns, to your website traffic, to if you're putting ads in the newspaper and putting up billboards, um, you need to have some sort of measurement in there, which is actually one of the benefits of digital marketing and why we advocate it, advocate for it so much over let's say traditional advertising is that we can measure so much. There's so much data out there uh, for people interacting with your ads in the digital space versus in a more traditional marketing space. Um, it's not really that it's, you know, that much more effective at reaching at getting your message out to that many more people. It's the fact that we can see all of these analytics. We can see who's in, engaging with it, where they came from, how they're engaging with it. And then we can get you those numbers that we're talking about here in a much more accurate and holistic way. That means that we can be just that much more effective in our marketing efforts uh, simply because we have the right numbers or we have the right measurements that allows us to have the right numbers that allows us to get to the KPIs that, that Mike was just going into there. 100% miles. Yeah, and then on the, uh, you were talking about sales-based advertising, getting people in the door today versus branding-based advertising and equating those to you know, short-term goals and long-term goals. I'll just throw one extra point in there is that ideally, and again, there's, there's always different kinds of scenarios out there, but generally speaking, your marketing campaign should never be fully one-sided. Um, you know, ideally you've got a nice mix in there of more sales-based marketing to get you some leads in tomorrow. And you've got a good portion of branding based marketing in order to um, build up your brand awareness and get you more business in the future, a couple of months, couple of years down the road, but never go completely over to one side where you're, if you're in a place where you're doing a hundred percent sales based marketing and you're not doing anything for branding, anything at all, then we've got some problems that we have to address. And it's probably not even problems in your marketing. There's probably some other issues in here that are, that's making your sales-based marketing not effective enough to allow you to have that extra bandwidth to put towards branding. So even if it's a 90-10 split because you need those sales today or 90-10 split the other way, like uh, the client you were just talking about there that totally does not need anything right now for marketing reasons and also just for technology reasons, um, it's best to keep at least a little bit of something going on, on, on both of those sides. Yeah, that's a great point, Miles. I should have been more specific on that. That, that is a really good point. You can over-index either way. And mm -hmm. yeah, and on that, that client that I was talking about on Monday, yeah, you know, we are still going are and still going to be running a, a lead ad, but then you know, we're going to shift a, a portion of that budget, you know, strictly over to branding and, and I think that sometimes branding is the one, especially nowadays, I'd, I'd say, 
that p- gets neglected the most because people do get maybe a little bit over. And, and this is, <laughs> this is, it's a good problem to have, I guess. I actually, I wish more of our clients had this, had this uh, problem, but you know, they get a little over fanatical about tracking everything and about tracking all the sales, which is, you know, is all obviously transactional uh, type of advertising. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a little bit more difficult sometimes for them to say, you know what, I am going to take a big chunk of my ad budget and I'm just going to put that in the branding. And I realize that that may not show up on a balance sheet for six, 12, 18, 24 months. Uh, you know, but that's, you know, that's the, the fortitude that you have to have as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, uh, to be willing to put resources that, you know, you're, you're taking, I guess, I don't know if a gamble is the right word, but, you know, you're, you're not able to track every single little dime when you do branding uh, because a lot of time that, that's not anything transactional that we can track. But if it's going to follow, it's going to, it's going to, where it's going to show up, it's on the bottom line numbers in your P&L, you know, like I said, 6, 12, 18, 24 months down the road. Right. And I mean, but we also do understand that, you know, especially this year and over the last year, there are some businesses that, you know, they need sales now and they can't afford to take any money out of their marketing budget to put into something like branding to push for sales maybe two years from now when, you know, who knows what's going on a month from now, let alone two years from now. Um, so it is worth noting, I think, that when we're talking about splitting that, um, your, your marketing efforts, uh, some into the sales side and some into the branding side, that doesn't necessarily equate to just budget. Um, so there are some things that you can do that are marketing efforts that don't cost anything. There are organic efforts that you can do, um, you know, organic social posting, um, trying to get some listing information out there. Some of that is just some elbow grease, um, going to networking events, putting yourself in positions of authority. Maybe you're actually speaking at a networking event. Um, maybe you're, uh, putting out, you start writing or something, you put a blog on your website that doesn't cost anything, but you're putting out value. You're a, a making yourself a resource to your audience that is in itself a form of branding. So there are things that you can do um, to to give yourself a little bit more to expand those marketing efforts other than just throwing more money at it. And then on the flip side there, um, there's also more um, efficiency based adjustments, um, which helps it helps to know your numbers and go through all the KPIs that Mike was just talking about. So you can tell what's working and what's not, because it could be that your marketing uh, is is perfect as it is. It's just uh, not being as efficient as it could be. So you could uh, make a couple of changes there to make your your efforts a little bit more efficient, and then what you save there, you can push over into branding. Yeah, that's gr- great points there, Miles. Um, I'm I'm going to come back to or I'm glad you mentioned organic. Uh, I have a couple of tactical tips here, uh, people to to take advantage of uh, some organic reach right now and attention. But yeah, I think another part, you know, part of this conversation that really needs to be understood is what is the customer journey that you're going on? How do you convert cold uh, audience or cold traffic into warm and, and into customers? And, and what does that really look for your business? You know, just going back to the uh, the Domino's example for a minute, you know, it's like if I, if I own a Domino's, then I really have to understand, uh, you know, part of part of the thing that's going to get that $4,000 lifetime value is built is, is the brand because that is going to make people stay longer, you know? And if I just get them in the door one time, because I, I was doing a coupon or a deal, you know, or whatever, some sort of trans transactional type of advertising, that's really not going to get me where I need to go. Because if I'm a smart restaurant owner, I know that I have to get somebody to come back more than three times. That's the magic number. When they come back to my restaurant the fourth time, the chances of them not becoming a regular customer are completely, you know, completely diminished compared to the first, second, or third time. That's when I'm in the danger zone. Other, other companies, that's completely the opposite way. They may just, boom, they may be a one, two times you're ever going to do business with that company. And, you know, and, and then they're never worrying about trying to get that customer back in through the door again. And so the more that you understand that customer journey, 
the more that you're able going to be able to really solve these questions that we're we're asking and these problems of where you should be delineating your uh, your energy, your attention, your money, uh, as far as your marketing and growing your business goes. Awesome. Well, uh, we're coming up on an hour here, so I want to shift gears a little bit. I think we've we've got some uh, some good information out on that. But if you guys have any questions or anything else that you want us to talk about, uh, please throw that in the comments or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, we'll try to get to those. I did want to hit on one uh, different question that we got earlier, um, and that is on a subject that I have brought up a couple of times on the show, well, many times on this show, but I want to take it from a completely other direction, um, and that is SEO. I want to tell you when you shouldn't be doing SEO. Every okay. time uh, I've talked about this on this show, I've, I've said, you know, here's how you do SEO, uh, SEO for anyone watching this, search engine optimization. I know that's not um, necessarily common knowledge in some circles, but um, this is just getting found. When someone searches you on Google, on any search engine, really, um, they search for a keyword relating to your business, and then you're going to show up there. There are some tools that we use over here to analyze the benefit of, of search engine optimization for different companies, uh, for different clients, and for potential clients. Um, I want to provide some of those tools to you here today uh, to decide if that's going to be the best way forward for you. That being said, there's always a good baseline um, level of optimization that you need. If you have a website out there, it should at least show up when someone searches for your name. If they're in your city and they search for your business by name and you're not showing up, by God, you need to do some sort of search engine optimization, some sort of listing work in there because something's wrong. Um, so we're going to say that's the that's the baseline here. That's not what I'm talking about. Beyond that, if you are looking for people to search for a certain keyword, find your business, and then do business with you, you need to decide how much optimization you need to do um, in order to reach your goals. Um, and one of the best ways you can do that is through keyword research. That is the beginning of every single SEO article on our website. By the way, if you want to go to our website, wildandweb.com slash blog, uh, we've got articles up there about all of this stuff, and we cite all of our sources so that you can um, you can learn a little bit more there. But at the beginning of every single one of our SEO articles, I believe we're talking about keyword research. Um, I like using a couple of tools. There's one paid one um, uh, called Market Goo that's pretty good. Um, and if you want to get connected there, we do have a discount code there. So let us know, and we'll get you connected with it. It's pretty cheap, but it's a good tool. Um, and then also just Google Keyword Planner. It's part of the Google Ads platform, um, but you can ac access it for free if you just search for Google uh, Keyword Planner. Maybe I'll put the link in the comments here in a second. Um, but basically, it allows you to go and either put in your website, and it will find keywords that are on your website that you are ranking for and that maybe you could do a little bit better on. Or you can go the other way and put in keywords and see how competitive those keywords are. So if you want to show up for a keyword like, you know, your restaurant, you want to show up for Burgers Lawrence, Kansas, you can throw that keyword in there and see how many people are searching for that keyword in a given time frame and what the competitiveness level of that is. That means how many other businesses are putting time and effort into ranking for that particular keyword. Um, and if all of the keywords that you are wanting to rank for are fairly low competitiveness, but there's a lot of people searching for it, that means you are an amazing candidate for SEO. You need to start optimizing towards those keywords because that means all of those people that are searching for this are most likely going to find you first and you're gonna get a ton of traffic off of that. If, however, you are on the other end of that, where your, your keywords that are relevant to your business just aren't really being searched that much. Um, you know, you've got 10 people searching for this in your uh, geographic area over the course of a month, then, um, and those keywords are looking fairly competitive in that a lot of other people are pushing for that. Maybe that's not going to be the best route for you. You can look at some other directions and instead of putting all that time, energy, sweat, tears, and finally money into search engine optimization. Once you get that basic level of you're showing up with your, your basic business name and maybe industry, then maybe you wanna put that, uh, that, that effort and those finances um, towards something that's a little bit more outreach marketing. You wanna do some Facebook ads where you can target your audience and put your content directly in front of them. Um, 
But, you know, as we say many times on this show, there are no one size fits all answers. Um, there are tons of strategies in the digital marketing space from Facebook ads to Google ads to search engine optimization from organic stuff to paid stuff. Um, and your business is going to need something different from any other business on the planet. So make sure to take all of these things into account and don't just dive all the way in on one because you've heard of this new strategy. It might not be right for you. Um, so when it comes to SEO, if you're considering doing some search engine optimization, blanket rule, I'd say probably yes. To a certain extent, every business should be doing that. Everyone should at least be hitting that baseline level of showing up with their name um, and potentially their industry in their area. Past that, do some keyword research, use the Google Keyword Planner, use MarketGoo, use other uh, keyword research tools out there to see if and how effective that strategy is going to be for you. Great stuff, Miles. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to throw one thing on, to, on that um, Google related. We, we talked about YouTube last week and, yes. uh, and you know, the importance of, of, of looking at that as an option. And then uh, this morning I saw Google's revenues jumped to a record in the fourth quarter's marketed boosters or boosted their spending on paid search and YouTube advertising. It jumped uh, 22%. I think part, part of that was due to all the issues that Facebook's platform was having, uh, especially in fourth quarter there. And I know, I know a lot of, a lot of agencies were jumping ship over to Google, but miles, this next uh, little stat I thought was really interesting that just kind of backed up what we were saying last week. Uh, about taking a look at YouTube for your business. And that is YouTube now reaches more 18 to 49 year olds than all linear TV networks combined. While 70% of its viewers said they bought a brand after seeing it on YouTube. That is amazing conversion right there. 70% said that they bought a brand after seeing it on YouTube. So definitely don't overlook YouTube. Uh, when you're looking at your paid strategy, which a lot of people have been, um, it's, 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 and like I said, especially if you are doing your due diligence and you're building your video library and getting good video content put together, uh, YouTube is a huge winner. And then I just have one quick organic tactic uh, to throw out there, Miles, uh, and then we can wrap this bad boy up. Uh, you know, we've, we've, been, we've mentioned this a couple times on the show, but I really want to put a challenge out there to everybody to go on Instagram and create Instagram reels, create at least one to start. Okay. And go on TikTok and create a TikTok. And the reason I'm, I'm telling you to do that is because that is an attention arbitrage right now where there is underpriced attention that your business can gain and you can gain a lot of followers. If you were just putting out consistent, steady content on Instagram reels, which is a new, a newish feature on Instagram, and uh, TikTok, and and you know, just Google how to make a TikTok video or how to make Instagram reels. Uh, you know, you don't have to do a dance or anything silly like that. You know, for your business, I would actually encourage you. Can, you. Though. you can. I you know, I probably I probably encourage. <laughs> I wouldn't you not mind seeing some play ones of those. Yeah. Well, 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 Miles, I'm putting the challenge to you too. Okay. And and before yeah, I'm not we doing go, the dance. no, you don't have to do a dance. But before we go on, before we go on the show next Wednesday. I want to see a Miles TikTok up on the Wildman uh, TikTok page. Miles can put up the uh, our follow sign there, so you guys can find us easy. But right now, Anna is kicking my ass, and and her video has way more engagement and way more viewers than than any of my videos, almost more than all my videos put together. And so I think I think clearly Anna is just more talented than I am. That's that's why she's the queen of content. And the people love her more. So I need you to come on, start making some TikToks so I can have some competition. I can have somebody to beat because, you know, my, my competitiveness is, is just dwindling here by just getting stomped, curb stomped right now uh, by Anna. But so, so go, go on our, our, uh, our pages there, check out what we're doing. And, and again, um, it's just really a, a great way to get new people, right? Normally when we're on our Instagram page, we're on our Facebook page, right? We're talking to the same old people who already know us. They've probably been sitting in the middle of your bank sales funnel for two years, right? 
And what, so what we're going to do with the Instagram reel and with TikTok is we're going to get new people in the top of that funnel. We're going to get new followers. And of course, what we want you to do with those new followers is as quickly as you can provide them value, get them to know, like, and trust you, and then move them over to a platform that you control to your website, to your email list, to your texting list, to your app. Okay. And get, and get them off of that platform and onto something that you can control that you can continue to talk to them and engage with them over and over again on your own terms. So that's the, uh, the little organic uh, strategy hack that I have for the people there, Miles. Uh, I, think, I think I'm done. All right. That's a good one to, to close it up with. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Mike, thank you. We'll see him again next week. My pleasure. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday at 11 live streaming to our Facebook page and YouTube channel. So pick one there and tune back in. Um, if you're catching this later, you're not watching us live, you can still get in on the action and, and uh, ask us a question by emailing us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Otherwise, uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.